Welcome to Season 2 of the Orioles in the Know podcast featuring Avon Community School Corporation Superintendent Dr. Scott Windham. Twice a month, Dr. Windham has a conversation with students, educators, district leaders, and other special guests who are in the know so you can be in the know too. So pull up a chair. Thank you for joining us on Orioles in the Know. Hello and welcome to episode number 31 of Orioles in the Know, a podcast of the Avon Community School Corporation. I'm Scott Windham, the superintendent of Avon Schools, and we do these podcasts to provide another way for our parents, staff, and community to stay connected on all the great things going on in our schools. So I've lived in Avon for 15 years, and I moved here before my kids were even in school because of the schools. I wanted my kids to be in Avon schools. So I hear that comment a lot from people. I moved to Avon for the schools. In addition to that, a comment that I often hear is I moved to Avon for our special education program. Or I moved to Avon because someone at Riley Hospital told me you should go to Avon. And I've heard that comment multiple, multiple times. And so with March being Disability Awareness Month, we really wanted to shine a spotlight on the great things happening for our students with disabilities. So today we've got representation from preschool through high school here today with Susie Hurt, our director of special education, Katie English, special ed teacher at East, Katie Tingle, a developmental preschool teacher, Kim Waldo, speech-language pathologist, and Joel Schartzer, a special education teacher at Avon High School. So thanks for being here. When you, uh, you all chose a career in special education, so what is it that made you decide you wanted to work with kids with disabilities? And, and you know, and Kim, even kids with disabilities in a school setting, because you could work in a lot of different settings. What made you decide you wanted to work with kids with disabilities in a school? Um, I actually started my career as a general education elementary teacher, and way back when, um, we had a lot of students who were in separate settings, and um, I a lot of times special ed teachers would come to me and say, Susie, you know, I really like my, my students to be involved in the general ed setting. Um, you know, can, is there time during the day they can come in? I'm like, absolutely, yeah, bring them in. And so that really started that for me. Um, in nine years of, as a gen ed teacher, um, I really uh, was involved in the inclusion movement. I'm much older than a lot of them sitting here, <laughs> but was really involved in that um, out on the East Coast uh, many years ago. And then just moved naturally into getting my master's in special education at that point. Um, I student taught in Avon, and I had the double major of elementary ed and special ed, and Cindy Pittman was here at the time, Mm -hmm. and she was just amazing and a very good role model, and uh, just found my heart, and then Kathy Eisenhower and Pat Rhodes at Pine Tree got me involved there, and um, I just loved it, working with the kids and being an advocate more than anything, Mm -hmm. so... So I I remember being in elementary school and um, really kind of connecting with special needs kids when I was in elementary school. I was a mentor, like a peer buddy, um, to a little girl who was um, blind. She had a visual impairment. And so that really kind of piqued my interest in helping others. Um, And then I grew up in a college town, so I had the opportunity to go and um, visit the university and see what all their programs were and fell in love with speech pathology there. Um, For me, growing up, one of my best friends, her sister actually had Down syndrome, and I was able to see firsthand kind of how the school not only helped her academically, but then also kind of gave her some of that training as she was, you know, matriculating through the school system and then later in life. And I always thought that that was just really amazing to see that connection. So I just thought that that seemed like something that I wanted to pursue. My story's not typical. Uh, My undergrad's in criminal justice, and I had difficulty finding 
a job at one point. And I was like, I'm going to become a substitute teacher. I was substituting for a while, and they asked me one day, would you work in a life skills classroom? I was like, well, yeah, sure. And they're like, well, we can't get a lot of people to do that. <laughs> I did it, and uh, they asked me the next day, how was it? I was like, oh, I loved it. It was great. And they had me working every day after that. <laughs> and then I did that for a couple of years, and I became an aide. And then uh, I decided, well, I really like this. I'm not going anywhere. So I went to grad school and got my master's in special ed. And I work at Avon now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, similar to you, yeah. uh, my teaching experience started as a high school social studies teacher. I couldn't find a job. My counselor told me, you won't be able to find a job. I thought, oh, no, I know more. You know, I'll be able I couldn't find a job. The only job I could find was in special ed. And, and I loved it. And yeah. then I did similar to you. I went back and got my master's in special ed. And then I taught special education at the elementary level for a while. And I loved it. So, so you know, you just find that that niche that is is where you want to spend your your time and support of with with students absolutely so I mentioned at the beginning that we you know we hear a lot that people move here for our special education programs you all have heard that um, there's a lot to be proud of when you think about what what we do to support all our kids but specifically kids with the, with disabilities so what are some of the things that you think of that make you most proud about our special education programs for me I feel like we do a really good job in Avon to meet that I part of the IEP process, that individualized piece. Um, we obviously have certain programming here, but it's not a one-size-fits-all model, and I think we do a really good job. I know at East, our team does, always does such a good job of coming to the table and sitting down and saying, hey, what does this specific kid need, and then finding a way to make that happen. Um, so I've always thought that that's something really special about Avon. I think the, the level of uh, support that other gen ed kids now give special ed kids is incredible and that's one of the best differences I've seen I came out of high school in 2002 in 20 years there's such a difference with how kids treat uh, special needs kids and uh, they're just very understanding compassionate and they want to work with them mm -hmm. genuinely um, at the high school we have a whole process to where it's uh, almost like an internship to where uh, they they have to get recommended and they they decide that they want to work in our classrooms because they want a future in education or speech pathology or whatnot. And uh, the, the kids just love it now, and uh, it doesn't scare them at all. And that's I, I, I appreciate that about our kids today. So, Katie, especially at the preschool, we've made a lot of changes at, in preschool world over the last year that, that have been awesome. And, and, you know, you highlighted some at a board meeting just earlier this week. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how we've made some changes in programming at the preschool that are benefiting our kids? Yes, we have a home. So yeah, the, that's the first that's step the first is having change a home. Right? Is that we have a home. So it's the White Oak Early Learning Center. And we are able to offer many different programs for our kids. So we have full day programs and then we have half day programs um, with community kids, but also a chance for um, students with special needs or disabilities to get into the classroom and be with those kids. And then we continue to have the self-contained um, developmental preschool. Um, but even in those situations, um, at recess time, we are able to um, get together with a community class and co-play um, and just seeing the ability for the developmental kids to play. And like you said, seeing the um, general education kids helping and teaching and being so patient and kind, it brought tears to 
our eyes because we just started being able to co-play just a couple weeks ago due to COVID, but um, just so many more opportunities for these kids. The integrated therapists, they're in the building. Um, they're able to access the students as needed um, and having the equipment there um, and having a home. Mm-hmm. So we have a home. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that before this year, Preschool was kind of the last piece of the puzzle that got plugged into yes. a building. Oh, we have room at we Cedar this year room, that so we could. You yeah. Will go there. So <laughs> our preschool teachers have moved and moved and just been very flexible. And even this school year um, moved again yeah. from um, right. July and then moved again in October. So um, just a lot of things, but the the wait was worth it. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's great, and it it is so neat. Um, one of the things Mrs. Mize and I have talked about is it's really nice to have the preschool just behind the administration <laughs> building because if I need to go yes. make myself smile, I just walk across the parking lot and see preschool and you can't help but smile yes. when, you, when, you, when you leave there. Um, so you all are involved in um, every week some of the work that's going on with professional learning communities and and collaboration has just been a huge part of what you've done in special ed forever. Um, I got to sit in the PLC with Joel and the the team last week to see kind of how how you all are are using that dedicated time to support kids with disabilities. What are some of the benefits that you're seeing of that time? I really like that we have kind of shifted to a mindset of, especially at West, it's not my kids, it's our kids. And so I think it really kind of helps us look at the whole child as opposed to, hey, this is my kid, this is what I'm doing, this is your kid, this is what you're doing. It's more of a collaborative effort, which I think I really appreciate. I know at uh, East, I just feel like we, it's so nice to just have some time to really just come together and we look at the data and we do all that and all that's great but I think one of the biggest benefits is just we deal with such unique issues in special education to just have some time being like hey this is what's going on or hey this is you know an issue that I'm having what do you guys think about it how would you approach it and just to have you know five other minds who are doing the same thing you're doing every day to kind of talk through those issues with um, I just feel like having that dedicated time each week to really just process through some things has just been so valuable for us. Another great thing about the PLC uh, process is for some of our programs that are spread out across district a couple times a month they can come together like impact teachers and strive teachers can actually come together out of their buildings during that time and um, just co-plan and and what's working for you and I'm really struggling with this and does somebody have an idea for how to teach you know XYZ it's really been beneficial for those program um, teachers to be able to get together as well. Can you explain what Impact and Strive are, Susie? Yeah, so our Strive program um, serves our students who you may know as life skills in a life skills program. Um, Those students um, a lot of times need um, the most support um, just to do daily tasks, um, communication, uh, feeding, all those kinds of things. Um, And our Impact program is for students who really struggle with some social, emotional, behavioral um, issues. And so we can give them high levels of support keeping them still in the building, um, but being able to have a place if they really need to step outside of the gen ed setting um, to get some support to um, de-escalate and then try to build themselves back up to get back into the classroom. 
So Kim, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, in addition to special education teachers, a school district also provides speech pathology and <laughs> occupational therapy and yeah. physical therapy and all those different things that are it's so critical for students to see the, the growth that they need. So what made you decide, I want to work in a school setting versus working in a hospital or a clinical setting? I have always been a kid person. So I knew that I wanted to work with kids, um, but I didn't feel like I had the gumption or like I wasn't loud enough to be a classroom teacher. Um, so I knew that I wanted to be a, like it kind of encompassed everything that I wanted. Um, it touched on that medical piece as well. So just based on that, I knew that speech pathology was the way to go. Mm -hmm. And so as a speech pathologist in schools, is is your split maybe between some pull out and some supporting mm -hmm. kids in the classroom as well? Correct. Yes, correct. Um, I think as a not a lot of people know what a speech pathologist in a school even does. Um, I still, you know, part of my job is just advocating to even the rest of my staff about what a speech pathologist actually does. Um, so as an SLP, we work on things like articulation, which would be those speech sound productions. Um, we work on language skills, so making sure that kids can understand spoken language and then as well as expressing themselves. We work with kids who stutter. We can do voice therapy, um, all the way to working with our Strive population and those kids who are nonverbal, making sure that they have a voice. That's awesome. It's been neat to see. Um, of course, I see it at preschool a lot when I go to their PLCs, but even at some K-1 PLCs that I have, have been to where the, the speech pathologist is there yeah. because language is such a huge part of kindergarten and first yeah. grade. And it's it's neat that, to see how they're they're helping support yeah. those teachers absolutely. and developing language, yep. too. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So it, this has been an interesting couple of years that we've all uh, been through with COVID and all that that has changed for our schools. One of the hardest things, I think, was that parents didn't have access to our schools. But then if, I'm always trying to find the positives of COVID. Sometimes it's easier than others. But one of the positives, I think, from a special education lens is we do a lot more Zoom meetings and parents are able to engage in meetings with us or case conferences with us that in the past maybe they wouldn't have been able to. Um, so have you seen some things like that or some other positives that as you kind of reflect on the last couple of years, you think, okay, this is something that maybe was good coming out of COVID? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, the, the Zoom part has been one of my favorite parts because some parents, they can, they can only break away from work for an hour. And even if you can get them on the phone, it's not the same thing as right. Zoom. And you can get a lot more people in at once. It's just, it's, you've all done conferences over the phone. To me, it just it doesn't feel right, especially when you're on the other end of it trying to look, listen to six people at once. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the, the video conferencing and that and even... Um, doing homebound for kids that can't make it to school for whatever reason. The fact that we can Zoom our homebound sessions now, I mean, that's amazing, especially if they have health issues and mm -hmm. they can't be around other people. Sure. So. And I can kind of second that or kind of bounce off of that. I just recently, um, I've been doing some assistive technology evaluations and working with some kiddos who are, we're trying to find them a voice and using just some devices. I've recently been able to schedule some Zooms with parents to train the parents how to use the devices oh, outside yeah. of school. Um, so we've been using those devices. I just Zoomed with a parent last week and um, instead of just consulting in a case conference and telling her, hey, try this, I can show her what to do now. That's 
um, and then use it at home. So that's been a huge bonus that I've seen. Yeah. And then um, I think something else that kind of came out of it just from a speech um, therapy lens, I guess, is just like I didn't know anything about teletherapy or telehealth, mm. but I feel like now it's kind of I see that it's a, it's a viable option that as our world is kind of embracing all of this technology, even like our hospitals are doing a lot more telehealth, um, that this is something that is a viable option um, that we can use um, to our advantage if we need to. So it's just education, I think, that I even got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we all got, right? Mm-hmm. Who knew Zoom that yeah. until all this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that has been the biggest piece is the educating parents on on those tools that we do have because you know in the past if there was if parents wanted to meet about something quick yeah you'd probably just hop on a phone call but now it's easy to just say hey let me just send you this zoom link and we can actually talk face to face without having to pull together an entire you know case conference committee for just something that needs to be a 10 minute conversation but you're not limited to just using the phone which like joel said isn't always the best form of communication. Mm-hmm. Last year, I was the virtual preschool teacher. Which is crazy. <laughs> yes. Developmental preschool yes. teacher, which was crazy, but it was a lot of the child and the parent and a lot of here are some resources or what have they tried. So I felt like I did a lot of counseling in that and a lot of yeah. teaching them, which was great. Um, but also, I want to comment on the language line, too, and how helpful that Ooh. has been, um, how quick and easy it's been. Um, I've definitely talked more this year with parents um, having that access to different languages um, than having to schedule it out a week and wait yeah. for a response and, and you know see if I could get somebody so um, the language line has also been a, a great tool too and so explain what that allows you to do as you're connecting so with parents. yeah so we're able to call language line and we're able to tell them exactly what language we need and we are connected immediately to someone and then um, we can connect it to the zoom meeting or we can connect it to a phone and just the phone call if we need um, and then we have access to an interpreter immediately right so that's great yeah that's Uh been a game changer yes Mm -hmm. for a growing el population Yeah. yeah very good so you know we are days away from heading to spring break and then we come back and it's crazy how fast the rest of the year goes i always think it flies by after spring break so as you think about your students that you support what are you most excited about as you think about kind of heading into the the last few weeks of the school year or even what are you most excited about as you think about next school year we're graduating our first preschools from the White Girly <laughs> Learning Center, yeah, that's so right. yeah. um, that's pretty exciting. And we've been able to get our kiddos who are going to inclusion rooms next year into some of the um, preschool community rooms, you know, now until the end of the year to work on some of those skills that they're going to see in kindergarten. So um, open up in our doors a little bit. So we're excited for graduation. That's great. <laughs> I feel like the end of the year is always such a fun time of mm. the year for the kids and kind of like we talked about before, it's really really cool being able to watch you know the kids who you know they're in your classroom and they might struggle with this or that but then at the end of the school year or even right before spring break we're doing Hoosier Hysteria at East and the the kids are out and playing basketball and you know playing knockout and destroying the kids in their (laughs) gen ed class and knockout which is hilarious to watch so it's just it's really fun to watch the kids interact with their gen ed peers and just being able to watch them be kids yeah I think also being um, at the intermediate school, it's really kind of cool at the end of the year to get kids ready to transition to the next building. Um, That's always an exciting time. Not only transition our kids, but then welcome the incoming kids as well. So definitely looking forward to that. 
I know this is still just a little ways off, but I'm very, very excited about the new construction, mm-hmm. especially for special ed. Yeah. And I was so glad I got to be a part of it, but it's, I, it's almost like I feel like I have a house being built, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's been on my mind a lot just going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, some of those spaces that special education classrooms have morphed into at the high school that were never designed to be special education classrooms. And so thinking about, okay, how do we renovate some of these spaces to really serve the kids that they need to be serving is really exciting. I leave every one of those meetings so excited to yeah. see, okay, I'm ready to go get a shovel and just start digging. Let's get let's get going. It feels almost this. like Christmas every yeah. time I hear something new about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Very good. Yeah. Well, I just appreciate everything that you all do to support all of our kids, but especially our kids with disabilities. And it's really neat to have preschool all the way up to through high school represented here. And um, just thanks for all that you do to support our kids and their families and um, the staff at our buildings. And uh, excited to see what the rest of the school year holds. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Orioles in the Know with Avon School Superintendent, Dr. Scott Windham. To stay in the know, follow Dr. Windham on Twitter at A-V-O-N-S-U-P-T or Avon Schools at Oriole Tweets. You can like Avon.Schools on Facebook. You can always visit the corporation website at avon-schools.org or call the central office at 317-544-6000. Finally, be sure to subscribe to Orioles in the Know on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.